episode of Library of Video Games. We're your hosts, Tyler, and I'm Josh, and we are going to talk about a weird, mortifying, polarizing, and somewhat goofy game known as Death Stranding, the walking simulator. I would complain if I didn't think walking was so darn fun, you know, in the game. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the game. It is true. We also have uh, two video games, both from 2019, the year mm-hmm. Death Stranding. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so we have Jedi Fallen Order and Mortal Kombat 11, which both came out into 2019. Fallen Order, um, I just played a bit of Jedi Survivor, so that's perfect. And it might be a little hint for another Star Wars game we have coming down the line. And Mortal Kombat 11, um, big update in my personal life, but my wife is now a huge Mortal Kombat fan. So good. Big, good. Big Mortal Kombat fan. She's excited for Mortal Kombat 1, only problem is we don't have PS5. <laughs> a bit, a, a bit of an issue. A bit of an issue. The, the, that's okay. Eventually, though. Eventually, 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 Mortal Kombat One and the PS Five. We might just go to my parents' house and play Mortal, Mortal Kombat One. Like, we'll say we're coming over for dinner, and they're like, "We're actually just gonna go upstairs and play Mortal Kombat One." It's the best game for for a relationship because if you're just like you know with somebody, it's just like oh, like you know, like well, we can just fight on Mortal Kombat. That's true. I mean, she takes out a lot of her like work anger. Well, before we get started, okay, I feel like. There's a couple of elephants to be addressed pre Death Stranding. Because sure. I like to I like to go over the before, like whether it be like the marketing, the trailers, whatever. Mm-hmm. But even before that, I feel like it's important to address that their last game they ever did with Konami before Jima Productions split off from Konami, and their last game they made together was Metal Gear Solid Five, right. which I think it's important to note that their last game together was Metal Gear Solid, and also that the game. That they were going to make was Silent Hills, mm-hmm. and it was going to be like this horror game that was that PT took off. It was the biggest thing in ever. collaboration with Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, that was the big deal. And Norman Reedus starring. That was the big kind of reveal, which kind of like those are the seeds that are planted for what becomes Death Stranding. I believe. I think everybody kind of was looking forward to due to the mystery behind it, mm-hmm. but I think everybody had somewhat of the expectation. That they were like, oh, it's going to be like these other games. Maybe, maybe it'll have some horror vibes like Silent Hills, but it'll be, you know, predominantly a third-person action type of game. Right. And I remember when the demo even dropped for it, and they were showing it off at E3, and people were like, well, they just kind of walked. But I'm guessing they're not showing off. And I'm like, nope, that was, that was literally That's the, the game. game. That, was the, that was the game you were showing off. As of recently, they obviously announced a Death Stranding film. Which that's been kind of getting rocky production updates. Like they don't actually know if it's gonna. End it up has the same producing it. team um, behind Barbarian, the twenty twenty two film. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is neat. Uh, which is very interesting though, because that studio is gonna carry Death Stranding because yeah. it's a very big. You know, if they follow the game, it's a like a massive scale compared to Barbarian, which was like a, basically a, a people in a. Smoothie. Yeah, they announced Death Stranding two, DS two, and during the Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Solid five production, I know that you played a bit of Metal Gear Solid five. Well, that's like the important thing to talk about, like up front, is that I I really respect Kojima through other people's sort of admiration of him, and sort of I understand him as a very vital, like, and this is gonna be a common thing in this in this show and this in this podcast that you tend to know more about. Specifics, you're more of a hardcore gamer than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Kojima was always somebody I, I, I deeply respect. This is going to sound blasphemous. I'm sure some people turn off. I've never played Metal Gear Solid Five all the way through. I've never played a single Metal Gear Solid game all the way through. Um, I understand their impact, and I understand Kojima's impact to that series and to the gaming in general. But I was more interested in him as a personality, um, as a creative person, than I was necessarily the work he had done. And I was very 
excited for this because it seemed like a really interesting com- combination of my love of film and, and gaming, which is something that's very important to me. The, the kind of blending of those two mediums and with yeah. the cast that he assembled for this, which we'll get into later. But um, So no, long answer, but basically no, I never played Metal Gear Solid Five. I, I was aware of it. I was aware of Kojima and I was aware of the whole Konami situation that I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah, really. He keeps up more with the personality of Hideo Kojima than I do. I mean, he he'll send me um, he'll, I just send, love me, him. he'll send me Kojima memes all the time, or it'll just be him like not even memes, but just like him just be like, oh, he's excited for Indiana Jones. It's just him he just chilling with the, with the leather jacket. Well, there's the yeah. meme of him seeing Morbius, and he's just like, I saw Morbius today, and it's like it's like it's like all written in Japanese, and then let's like, translate tweets like I saw Morbius today, and it's just a picture of him like selfie just like completely dead face like it's so great <laughs> that's so i just funny. love he sees every, i don't know he's just such an interesting guy like i think he, like people who admire him i think he admires other people oh like, yeah a lot. he's heavily involved in loving and appreciating so much in like movies and other artists and stuff along well he sees lines. movies all he sees every movie if there's a big movie coming out he's he posts about it on his instagram he posts like the poster and he posts it and he'll be like oh i'm seeing this movie and he's not a guy who will go on um social media like trash other people's work he just always celebrates stuff you know he doesn't really even get mad about it i think the only time he said anything in recent years before death stranding came out i remember there was a big deal because he made a comment about how american audiences don't really appreciate a lot of games that are slower like they just want like first person shooters and stuff and i think he has like a point with the highest selling game every single year is call of duty Mm -hmm. like i get that I do think that that's a bit of a... I mean, there's still plenty of games that sell so many copies. Like, yeah. like a good example would be, like, Legend of Zelda games sell so many copies. Mm-hmm. And games like that that let you do your own thing. Elden Ring was a massive hit. And those it's, are games. it's a generalization. I do think there is something to be said about a certain type of gamer. American gamer. Wouldn't even be considered, like, what you and I consider a gamer. Just, like, the everyday dude. When they have a console... They're probably throwing on COD. They're probably throwing on you know sports and COD. Sports and COD, like sports and, you know, which is not like I'm not judging that. Like I, I, I have a lot of fun with COD and everything, but I think it is a very different type of um, mentality. I, th- I think he's speaking more to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do, I do agree. It's definitely a generalization. Yeah, he tends to be the type of person who loves people's work and he wants to emphasize and like help out artists get someplace rather than like even the Barbarian group. Like mm-hmm. he probably went out of his way to pick that group. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to work with those guys. Yeah. Can I get them to make this Death Stranding movie with me? And that's, like, a smaller group. Like, that's not, you know, the most well-known group of people. Because right. I'm so, sure with an IP like this, there would be major studios that would want something with Death Stranding, you know, yeah. or something, um, especially, yeah. Or want to work with them in general. Yeah. I mean, he gets so much, like, credit from actors and people all across the board. I would like to also emphasize that there was the director's cut of the game, that I like how you're pointing to Mortal Kombat as if that's like, yeah, that's the director's cut of the game. This is the regular. <laughs> the, um, the director's cut of the game, I did not notice too many big differences, I'll be totally honest with you. Graphically, it looks bit, better. Yeah, yeah. And the actual frames per second's better, all that stuff is better. I read later on in the game, you get certain items that sound kind of insane. Like there was one that's called the Cargo Catapult. Mm-hmm. Where you could just shoot cargo across the map. I've seen that, yeah. I don't know how if that damages your cargo or not, yeah. but that's just like really funny to me that there's just an item where it's like, oh, I have too much stuff to bring. I'll just throw it all in the catapult and yeah. fire it off. It's hilarious. A buddy bot that'll ride with you. You oh, really? can ride on time. He's like a little like, mech dude. Oh, is that that's not the same as the little when you send out a bot to do an order though, right? Like, because there are bots you can send out to orders in the regular cut. 
Um, no, I think this is one that specifically like rides with you. Okay. I don't, I, I don't know exactly what the differences are, but this is just stuff that I looked up online and saw kind of just okay. some differences between them. I know there's a couple of new missions that are like very stealth based and they're supposed to be reminiscent of old Metal Gear Solid games and stuff like that. Did they feel like, I mean, did you play any of those? No, no. There's new music that was added. Yeah, there's actually one it. group or it's a song that was called Wood Kid mm-hmm. and that was really good. Yeah. I really liked I, that, that was, I listened to the director's cut soundtrack on the way here and that was that played yeah pc version has i remember it has a head crab from half-life as a hat you can wear mm-hmm. which is fun those little like face yeah, looking yeah. things uh there's racing time trials mm-hmm. which is really funny addition considering how much the driving in the game was probably the uh, most lambasted yeah, yeah yeah a lot of people crapped all over the driving and so i think it's funny that one of the things they added was oh let's add races sure and uh there's replayable boss fights which i'm very interested to see what they even qualify as a boss fight necessarily yeah that's interesting. i know you can replay in the regular cut you can replay the like war segments like we'll get into this later but this is chapter four chapter four you yeah can, you can, if you so if you go to look at your toys like in your like yeah. your figures you click on it and yeah. you can see it'll be like revisit a war and it'll be like really big world war one world war two vietnam and you can go like choose the i didn't even know that yeah very odd that it's those missions in particular um because it's not like there's any like exploration that you can do in no. those maps other than just like look but yeah like it's still a full mission so. yeah. yeah i know there's some new moves and then some new gadgets and stuff mm-hmm. from the director's cut also but it doesn't from what my research and i'm sure you did more than i did but like it doesn't seem like there's a lot if somebody asked me, like, what version to play, I would definitely just say play the director's cut. Sure, like, yeah, if you have the ability to play, play the director's yeah. cut. Yeah, play the, sure. the director's cut. Yeah, but it's not like a make it or break it. It's not like if you have a PS4 and you don't have a PS5, oh my gosh, you need to get the PS5 yeah. and get the director's cut. Yeah. No, you could just play the original. Yeah. I would like to get your idea of what you think the story is. The story of this right What I will say that what the story is as well. In my mind. And then I'm going to tell you what's on the back of the box. Okay. My idea of what... So I'll go first. Uh, yep. My word. Death Stranding. Death Stranding is about a post-apocalyptic version of America that weirdly looks like Iceland. Um, but essentially there is... Um, it's a post-apocalyptic version of America where... Uh, I'm already struggling. Um, it's a tough game. It's a tough game. Because I was like, I'm trying to see what the Death Stranding is, but I can't really explain that. I don't came like accurately yeah. what i will tell you is that you play as a character named sam porter bridges who is a delivery man uh for um, just bridges co is that the name of the company i guess bridges co yeah bridges co uh in the which in the apocalypse is a person who basically you know is a delivery man but travels you know these incredibly dangerous um you know uh, vast sca- landscapes of post-apocalyptic america to get items from place to place often mostly to different like um uh, different like refuges and, and stuff like that. Turns out though, you are also the daughter of the president. Or, sorry, the son of the president of the United States, uh, and she is dying. Um, she has died, and uh, you have to. Her last wish was that you, her son, would deliver across vast these areas and connect. The world, so it was all. The game is all about connection, and you're building a strand of connecting people and items, and and building this connection through your deliveries that essentially, metaphorically, can bring America back together. That does not explain what a BB is. That does not explain no, what no, a BT I, is. That does not explain <laughs> what literally half the shit. But that is the core. Like it is a game about connection. It is a game about you are 
bringing people together. That's that's the whole point of the game. And, and it's and I'm not going to be political here or anything, but it came at a very strong time when the game came very clearly at a time when America was divided. Was divided. And Kojima, Kojima, as someone from the outside, was looking at America being divided and was like, I'm going to make a game that's quite literally about bringing America together. I, for the most part, like, that, that is all would be inside my synopsis. Right. I think the only things that... I, I've always seen this as a game necessarily just about, you know, you form together the chiral network, mm-hmm. you know, and it is through the whole connection theme, and that's the What is the chiral thing. network, Tyler? The chiral network, I always took it as a... I'm not sure. I, I always took it as a... It's like a Wi-Fi network. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, it was just basically and you can, like... And you, whenever you deliver to this place, you can connect them to the chiral network, which sort of... It was almost like through it being like a Wi-Fi network, right. people could know where their other locations are. It's why, to me, like whenever you use the, um, I don't know, I don't know why I know these names, but you use the Cupid. It's called yeah, Cupid. Yeah, Cupid. Yeah. yeah, you put it in the well, thing. How do you how do you know the name? They only say these things they say, fifty yeah. freaking times. Yeah, you put the Cupid in the thing, and then basically you unlock where all the other locations are on the map. And yeah. I always took it as like, oh, now that you have the Wi-Fi network, you can now be connected to the other. And you can pick up orders that aren't necessarily on the path of this main story. It's a game that basically will take the you'll take the chiral network. You connect all these different places. You travel all the way across America, and you're reconnecting everything, reconnecting from the east coast to the west coast. And to me, it was all about combating whatever it is the Death Stranding is. It's supposed to be this like event that happened where the rift between BTS, you know, right. it's some it, sort of rift between the, the world of the dead the, the and the living, and is sort of, of living. yeah. Yeah, because the world, the world of the dead and the world of the living, they're not supposed to interconnect. No. It's supposed to be like, oh, their worlds have interconnected, so now there's BTs everywhere, whole world is in shambles, and world is the world is essentially going to die. Right. And so you're supposed to. When be you die in this world, your body, unless incinerated, also becomes a BT, and the creation of a BT is essentially uh, a void out, which is a, the equivalent of a nuclear bomb going off. Yeah, that's kind of important too, but. Yeah, sorry. That's, no, no. There's there, there's everything. There's there's dooms, which I I don't understand what dooms are. I think dooms. Oh, is like, kind of like the force or something? It's like I think it's a condition. Yeah. yeah, it's something that you have. The um, like dooms are. I think are those are people who do connect with people in, from the, from the dead. Yeah, and uh, that's when like Amelia comes in. Right. Amelia's his uh, sister in quotation marks. Even though she looks identical to the young version of his mother. Yes. It's very confusing. Uh, well, and apparently she's not even a sister. Because apparently, I know the ending of the game, the big twist is that she's actually extinction, like, in herself. Right. She's the like, extinction like, entity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Higgs is like, oh, I'm using her to destroy the world. People aren't going to do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's just, just, it's just all this stuff. The back of the box does not clarify any of this, by no, the way, no. but there's going to be all these terms, and to be fair, we will not use most of these when talking about the game because the terminology I'm, of the game is a cluster. I'm going to try avoiding just, like, I mean, we will talk about the game. Obviously. We'll talk about a couple of the characters. But, yeah. We'll talk about, like, Fragile. But the idea of Higgs. plot, like, we'll get into this more as to why I like this game, because I really do like this game. But uh, I love this game, actually. But I'm just going to read the synopsis, and right after that, we're just going to go right into first impressions. Okay. Like, but the synopsis that's on the back of the box says, Sam Bridges must brave a world transformed by the Death Stranding. Carrying the remnants of our future in his hands, he embarks on a journey to reunite the shattered world forming connections within the world and beyond. The social strand system ushers in a new strand game genre. <laughs> First yeah. ever strand type game, yeah. Yeah, strand type game. That was the big thing. That was Kojima's big promise that this would be a different genre of gaming, essentially. Yeah, 
Which not really, but no. and that's yeah, that's completely different yeah. kind of. It is a, it is a unique game. I mean, it's it a very a unique. It has a very concept. unique online system uh, that has been utilized in other games, but not to the extent that that's true. And the online system is fascinating because the first time I ever played this was at my dorm, and we didn't have good online for consoles. I remember this because I remember you telling me. I remember telling you, I was like, dude, you have to play with the online. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's a great experience with the online because you start off in the empty world and things gather and gather and you're like, I don't know if it'll make that much of a difference or anything like that. And I, I do think you can play the game without it. I definitely think it. I'll yeah. make an argument for that, but go ahead. I think the game is heavily emphasized by its online. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the idea of, like, you come from one area, you go to another, because people talk about how repetitive the game is. People talk about how, like, you're going across the same exact areas over and over, and I think that that is broken up by the additions from other people who are online. And you also feel that sense of warmth and connection without actually having to see anybody right and i think that was a big intention with hideo kojima because he he talks about i mean i'll i'll mention even probably quotes from him in this if i have them written down but he talks about when talking about this game he said and multiple times about how like gamers he a lot of the time sees gamers as like lonely people like he sees a lot of the time uh, sure. people who game like they don't have a lot of social connections and he even described himself and as like kind of a person who feels very reserved, like he doesn't really like that type of stuff. And he talked about this is a video game that's supposed to be able to get you to kind of feel a sense of a social connection without actually even having to be social in the game. Yeah. Like you get that sense of like a presence that's helping you out. Right. And it's always it's real people. Online. Yeah. And it's real connections. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think we can go right into it with first impressions of the game. I had a really interesting relationship with this game because initially I got this game uh, Christmas of 2019, uh, pretty much when everyone else got it, because it was a big holiday release. Got it the same day, same Christmas as I got Fallen Order right here. And I put on Death Stranding, um, played a little bit, and I got about a couple hours in, and I said, okay, I've been walking around a lot, and I've been watching a lot of cutscenes, and I don't know what's going on. Uh, I knew it was going to be weird, but I like am really annoyed by how much I have to skip the cutscenes and I, I, I don't know if I can do this. And I immediately switched to Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and then I went back to Death Stranding maybe about a month later. Did not enjoy it. Could not get into it. I just could not get past the first like couple hours of this game. For years, you told me like you gotta give Death Stranding another shot. You gotta give Death Stranding another shot. Because you had really kind of turned around on it. I don't know if you ever really against Death Stranding. I remember especially like around during the pandemic. I feel like Death Stranding to me is a game that sort of had a second life, even though it was a big hit, with people really starting to understand it during COVID, yeah. um, which is really interesting because it's about connection, and that was a time when we were all completely disconnected. And so I waited probably until last fall, maybe October, November of last year, and I just said, I'm going to give this thing another shot. And I was overwhelmed by the experience, like incredibly overwhelmed. And... I don't know if it's a symptom of just being, you know, bored or or, or just my uh, attention span is dropping. It is so hard for me to get into new games now. It's yeah. just so hard for me to start again and finish it. It's really difficult. Unless it's, like, a, a company I love, like Naughty Dog or Rockstar. Like, even a masterpiece. Like, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom, and I really like it. And I, I mean, I think it's a masterpiece, but I just, for some reason, cannot find the drive to, like, jump into it every day. Mm-hmm. Death Stranding, on this second playthrough of mine... Really, the first one, because that was the first time I really experienced it with the online and everything, just, like, took over. Like, I, I just kept wanting to play it. And even while I was not understanding the story, I was loving what it was saying. And I just sort of got obsessed with 
deliveries and all these things and the score and the soundtrack, like, and the vistas and just the, the ambition of it all really washed over me in that, um, in that, uh, in that second playthrough. And I wound up beating it within less than a month. I've gone from being on Twitter, being the guy who would just talk total trash about the game, just make fun of it, the driving mechanics, all these things. And all these things are true about it. All these things we'll get into it. It is not a perfect game in the sense of like what makes a perfect game in terms of mechanics and everything. It was a it was a pretty like incredible experience. And I wanted to talk about it because I still think it's a bit it was a big hit and it's getting a sequel and they're making a film and everything, but it's still divisive enough that it never had the chance to make the top one hundred. I wanted to give this game its its time because I think it's it's worthy of as big a discussion as, you know, something like, you know, Ocarina of Time or or, uh, or, or, you know, GTA V or something, like something that's a kind of game-changing. It's worthy of discussion, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whether or not if, uh, people like it or don't like it, because in the end of the day, a lot of the complaints people do have with it, as you've said, like, we do kind of agree with them, but it just doesn't really inflict damage on our experience of the game. For me, a fir- the first impression I ever had of this game, because I didn't buy it when it first came out, I didn't buy it, like, immediately because I was kind of nervous because, you know, the IGN rating was, like, a 5, 6 out of 10. There's a bunch of, like... And that was pretty eyes. standard. Yeah. I, I would say the, the... I think, like, on Metacritic, it was, like, in the 50s, 60s. Uh, it was actually pretty high on Metacritic. Was it? Okay, I, think, right. I think it has, like, a... I think... if Last time I checked, I think it had, around like, an 80. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it did pretty well on Metacritic. It's but still, it was still... That relative. was very low for an IGN review, especially at the time. And it was also relatively lukewarm just for the amount of hype the game had garnered. Mm-hmm. I got it, like, a few months after it came out. I probably got it around, like, February, March. It came out in November the year yeah. before. I don't really think there's ever really been a game I've ever been, like, addicted to, ever. Like, I just don't think... I'm the type of person where I'll play a game, I beat it, I move on to the next thing. And so I don't really feel like there's ever been a game where I've just been like, oh, I'm addicted to that game. Like, I just played it. But there was a couple, two, three weeks straight where I was a pizza delivery driver at the time. I went to work. I went to work. I delivered pizzas and I came back home and I you delivered, con- you I delivered, you connected the town of Perry. I delivered uh, Death Strand, uh, not the Death Strand, but awesome. delivered the packages in Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of this like cathartic experience. I have a couple of games in my life probably, but I cannot recall a game as one of them as much so as Death Stranding that had this like cathartic experience for me. I would get back home, I'd play it and I just was like I'm so relaxed like I'm just like this is a vibe mm-hmm. I was like I'm just it's like the most like escapist type of game for me to play at the time mm-hmm. and it was weird because it was just me delivering stuff again sure but it was just in this uh in this world or whatever and so there were about two to three weeks where I was playing it every single night I was just chilling I don't know if I would have loved it if I had played it at really other times in my life I really don't know it's one of those games where like I could totally see myself if I hopped off a, a game that was super fast-paced, I loved it, and then I moved on to Death I'd just be like, oh, I don't like this, and yeah, tossed totally. it away. But it was a game I really wanted to give it a shot. I was like, i got to keep on playing it. i got to beat this. And even though episodes one through three, I was a little bit like, okay, like, you know, I like it, but I don't love it. Yeah. This game is either off the charts wacky, and I love that. It is that. Or it's just chill and a vibe it's also that yeah it's it's everything it's got it's got these annoying intense moments like when the bts grab you and your car goes everywhere or whatever but then it's also got like the walking from place to place and you get to hear the low roar soundtrack and you're just vibing and then it's also got the weird like goofy stuff with like bb like giving you a thumbs up 
through his little all the weird like little fetish chamber. <laughs> all the weird, all the weird little. Sometimes it's like connected to other games that PlayStation has made. It's it's a, it's a it's a very like, and I remember you know I think for a lot of people you weren't alone like that time period when you were playing it. It was like height of COVID. I feel like mm. it was uh, it was like you know very. I remember it was very tough for you. A lot of like tough things. It's like a very therapeutic game. It is like a very therapeutic game. Oh, it's one of those games I would say, and it's the opposite of because other games I I could definitely describe as like cathartic was like. I love Dark Souls for that reason, but it's the opposite spectrum of it's that. It's the feeling of it's like, I accomplished something. Yeah, it's Whereas like this whole, is like, oh, this is, I just... Dark Souls is all about accomplishing the impossible. Right. And it's supposed to transcend into kind of like a reality sense of like, oh, I feel so good about it. I right. could go and tackle anything. That Stranding's more of the, I can get away from everything and I can just vibe. Well, the thing about that Stranding is that it's literally the game where it's the uh, manifestation of the saying, you know, the it's, it's about the journey, not the destination. Like, and I'm not a big from software guy not anything against them I'm just terrible at them and, and I don't play a lot of them but um, those games it's very much about the feeling of beating it. The, the feeling of beating that boss so like is so incredible right it feels so great because it's so they're so intentionally difficult and the thing about delivering stuff in this game is that like when you get to your package delivery place it's really just like you just shove it on a, on a conveyor belt belt and then it's gone and then you kind of get like a hey thanks for the help you know you get a rating and that's it those moments where like the game just allows it just makes you walk from one side of the map to the other mm-hmm. or sometimes if you have a motorcycle and you can use it good luck or a truck whatever like that feeling of like just i'm i'm trudging through this journey but like i'm there every step of the way and yet it feels so satisfying. It feels like I'm doing something. It feels like I, it's, it's a really, I don't know, it, 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 it's, it's cathartic in a completely different way. And, and, yeah. and at the, just, you just, there is something about, because it is walking. It is it's walking. But it's, it's, it's a walking it's, game. It's literally sure. a walking There's game. There's literally gameplay mechanics where you are just balancing yourself. Well, it's like, like, I mean, it's so just a walking game. Donkey, video game Donkey, like he had that great quote where he, he was saying it negatively. Yeah. Where he was like, and I agree with him, but he was like, you know, Death Stranding is not a game of big boss battles and it's a game of minor inconveniences and that's literally the whole game like when you get caught by a bt and you lose your cargo you don't lose the game but you're like god i gotta get my cargo but when you do it it feels so like when you when you but it's like it's just a game where it's like all right you gotta pick yourself back up and charge right on we're going you know it is funny that in a game where you're playing like like i could compare it to like a play like a pokemon game you're sure. running around and you get those random attack. You get the random people attacking. You're like, ah, oh, crap! I gotta fight this guy. Oh my god! When you get attacked by a BT, you're not even mad about having to fight them. You're mad because your cargo is everywhere. Once you play it for a few hours, you realize that these guys are a breeze, and it's really yeah. what, in terms of combat, in terms of you're losing your health. Difficulty is not a problem. Difficulty is not a problem. Inconveniences are like. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times. It, it's very similar to what I'm having with Tears of the Kingdom when I play it, which is like. And one of the things I love about it is that I feel like sometimes when I'm playing Death Stranding, I'm playing it wrong. I'm playing it completely wrong. Like, and when I say that, I mean like, you know, in my in my attempt to try to avoid this hazard over here, I took a long route, which took me up a bunch of rickety rocks that you know put my cargo in danger and mm-hmm. make the harm. And then I look across, like you know, what could have been the other path, and I see a bridge, you know. And you're just like, oh man, I could have done that. But that's part of the fun is that the game is not telling you that and. It is, it is, and, and part of, if you took the bridge, would you have that gameplay experience that I think is what makes this game so kind of amazing, you know? Yeah. 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 
The, because uh, it, it, it all is just, like, so unique in regards of how of how it presents itself as a game. Like, the gameplay loop. People talk about gameplay loops, which is just, like, basically uh, the, the concept of a gameplay loop, and this is honestly for anybody who's listening, is that there's 30 to 60 seconds worth of gameplay, and you're going to have to repeat that over and over and over again for the entire game. And that's essentially what a lot of the, they're like, can we make this to where this 30 to 60 seconds worth of gameplay is going to be fun on repeat right, for except my, maybe some, in the latter half of the game, there's some... There's always some, like, changes. Some changes, but nothing that's, that's substantial. It's like, I, I talk about, like, Halo. Yeah. I love Halo. But you, Halo you get one more cog mission, maybe, and then yeah. it's like... You're going you're gonna to go into a room, you're going to shoot a bunch of enemies, and we're going to do that 30, 60 seconds, you're going to do that for the whole game. Sure. How do we make that fun? We have to change up the environments, change up the stuff. Dead Stranding's gameplay Doom, loop... Doom style, like, it's just yeah. like, shoot stuff, yeah. And its gameplay loop is, grab some packages, you're going to go outside, you're going to walk. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's it. And they're like, how do, we, how do we mix it up? You're going to have minor inconveniences... Your stuff's gonna fall. You're there'll gonna, be snow. There'll yeah, be water. There'll be different stuff. terrains. You're gonna get terrains. a vehicle every now and then. Yeah. And like, I think we're gonna we're gonna take you to four different stages essentially, like that are different islands completely. It's like different biomes. Different biomes. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. The um, and I just love that the game is so passive, especially in comparisons to Hideo Kojima's previous work. Yeah, like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, and Metal Gear Solid Five. Like the one of the big issues with development with that game was that. Essentially, Konami wanted to end the uh, end the storyline early. Like they were like, "Oh, hey, like we don't want you." And so, a lot of well, if there is any complaints about Metal Gear Solid Five, normally what they are is that the latter third of the game is repeats of old missions, but mm. just harder. Gotcha. And a lot of people hate that, and that was just because Konami didn't want them to finish yeah, the story. Yeah. They were like, "We're not going to fund this." Right. And it just goes to show that like Kojima, just in general, he has a vision. He always likes to fulfill it. And this game is most definitely just his baby. Yeah. Like it is just his thing. Like he's like, this is fully mine. You can either like it or don't care. Mm-hmm. And he does not. I don't think he really cares either way. No. I mean, I think that's a great thing. I love that he's just this artist that it's probably a, one of the it's probably the biggest game I've ever played. That's a triple A game that does not give a crap about being this accessible thing. No. It's just like, oh, no, this is just what I wanted to make with a bunch of money, and you can either like it or not, and that's fine. Like, there's a lot of people who don't like it at all, but there was also a ton of people who do, and that goes to show with, like, how big the cast is. We talk about how the cast is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, people like, I think his name's, uh, what is it, George Martin, the guy who made Mad Max? George Miller. George Miller. George, who's George Martin? George R. R. Martin's uh, the guy who does oh, Game right. of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. George Miller, he like loves it. Yeah. And it's funny because he said something like three days after it came out. He's just like, Kojima is some, the some of those things yeah. I wonder though, because it's like, it's like, it'll be like, because that was a lot of the promo for the game was like getting directors to do like, who just met with Kojima during the time of its release. And it was like George Miller, J.J. Abrams, and Oscar Isaac when they were doing press for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, oh, they talked about it. Yeah, have you seen that one? It's weird, like because J.J. Abrams is just talking because he's Kim and Kojima are really close, and so they're talking about it, and he's talking about like what he saw with Death Stranding, and it's like Oscar Isaac is there too, like looking really confused, like as to why he's there. <laughs> like it's really funny, but like because um, they're just doing press for Rise of Skywalker, but um, but George Miller and him would say would say things like, "I saw a few hours of the game, and it was overwhelming," and and that's amazing, but it's kind of like. It's like, I mean, you didn't play it. I mean, you, you yeah, saw it. Yeah, I mean, Kojima so. probably showed them, like, a sizzle reel, had someone play a demo for them and show them, like, what it was. I mean, I, George Miller in particular seemed really enamored by it because I think Miller is a guy who's very, like, 
technology focused, like very like what can what can mediums prove to do? I mean, you know, his whole thing was like he wouldn't make happy feet until he could like he could like have a technology that could make a penguin dance. Those are his words. So like, yeah. that's why he's obsessed with like, motion capture and stuff. Um, so yeah, but it's really interesting that like this game sort of Kojima sort of positions himself after the Konami situation as being like, okay, fine, you know, screw you guys. I'm becoming, I'm going to be the, the spokesperson for how video games are a new form of storytelling that, um, can be a mixture of film and interaction, you know, and be something really different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he sort of uses that to his advantage. And, and, and it starts really, I mean, we talked about the people who endorse the game after, but really it's the cast. I mean, you, you have Norman Reedus, who's a, who's a fan favorite from The Walking Dead. Mads and, Mikkelsen. But, but then you got Mads Mikkelsen. You got Leah Sadu, who's like... Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro, yeah. But he's, he's some actors, whatever actor didn't play themselves. Who just got scanned. scanned yeah, and Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. But, but you have, yeah, you have all these people. You have you have uh, Margaret Qualley, who uh, has been on a big role recently. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and she plays the uh, the mother, Mama, I think her name is in the, in the game. Yeah. Um, and just all this this incredible cast... Um, yeah, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty astounding, and and the woman who played the six uh, the billion I'm sorry, the six million dollar no Bionic Woman, which was the seventies uh, which was a seventies show that was a spinoff of the six million dollar man. She plays the mother of Sam, and then she was scan her younger self was scanned for the uh, Amelie character the and, sister. Yeah, because yeah, because Kojima had a crush on her when he was a kid, like in the seventies. <laughs> so like that's the reason she's in the game. But it's, it's like. You're like, how? Like, how did this, you know, how did the, all these things kind of happen? And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a very, it's a really interesting cast. But I think it goes to show that, like, that sense of, like, what you're talking about. Like, him not caring about what normal video games are. Oh, my God, even the trailers. We talked about the other day. The launch trailer is, like, eight minutes. Yeah, it's an eight-minute-long launch trailer. It's, it's a... Why well, were even the teaser being, like... I wrote down what's in the, the teaser is Norman Reedus and he's crawling towards a baby that he's connected and to via like an umbilical cord. Yeah, and, yeah. It's gone. and that, I remember that being initially like that was the, like he has like the C section like cut on his stomach yeah. and everything, and you're just like, what is happening? The <laughs> sky. And that was like that was right. That up. alone is like overwhelming. You're like, there's so much just on the screen. Oh, I don't know what is happening. It was that was like that trailer was a was a big deal. Like I remember that teaser. It was I think it dropped at E three, right? E three twenty sixteen. It was definitely at E three. E three twenty sixteen, and I remember that being just like, what is this? And it was also too following up not only his uh, leaving Konami, but also the whole PT thing. And PT is one of the biggest things that happened to horror and video games. Ever. And it was a game it's that insane. never happened, but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was a playable teaser that was you know the, the demo itself is a masterpiece. So. Um, and that was a, a horror game he was going to do. That was a reboot of Silent Hill, right? Silent Hills was a reboot of Silent Hill, right? I'm not yeah, that up I yet. think so. Yeah. So, um, and and he was going to star Norman Reedus. Guillermo del Toro was going to be, you know, working on the script, and it was going to be a huge thing. That game got two trailers. Two. Uh, uh, there was that second one where the guys like running down the hallways, right? And that trailer was so good, yeah. and you just see it, and you're like, oh my gosh, and like, it just looks amazing, completely and then scrapped, completely nowhere to be found, and the Death Stranding came out of the blue. And so, and then you talk about how cool that title is too. I love Death Stranding as a title. Oh, it's so a great much. title. I think it's like apparently he got it. I read online he got it from um, uh, Wales. Stranding on beaches, mm-hmm. and he got it, and that's why in the name the you see the beach. Because well. yeah. I think the term what are, whales are scientifically called. It's like 
Cretacean or I don't even know. I have no idea. But whatever, (laughs) they they call them like I I might be just thinking like crustacean. I don't know something like that. But they it was something like crustacean stranding, and then he was just like ah swapped out with death, and that's going to be the title. And it's it's a great title. It's a great title. It's a very like it's memorable. Punchy title. I think video games often struggle with titles. Like I feel like there's often like a lot of crappy titles for video games. That's like just Mm -hmm. a punchy like really good title. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the? the characters, sure. Uh, we have. I think s- that there's a couple that we would want because there's well, like Sam, fragile, fragile, Sam Porter, Sam Porter Higgs, Die Hardman, Die Hardman, <laughs> Di- uh, Hartman, not Hartman. Die Hart- There's Die Hardman and there's Hartman, which are two separate characters. Um, so yeah, so Sam Porter Bridges is the lead character played by Norman Reedus. Um, essentially, he is the delivery man, the who's tasked uh, by his mother to sort of connect the earth. Um, we, the other character we have not brought up that is sort of a huge essential part of the game is BB, um, who is a bridge bridge baby, which is a a, a newborn not a fetus necessarily but like a newborn yeah. with an umbilical cord attached to it. Um, that uh, babies is this, uh, children born under the death stranding aren't really born right they're like partially dead. Yeah, but they were able to get one contain one and when the ones they contain are called BBs and they are sort of able to uh, be the bri- they're called bridge babies because they can access the- they can be the bridge between the world of the living and the world of the dead that's a good of a guess isn't it that's, I think that's pretty much what it is <laughs> but it, um, Sam has dooms which is uh, this power this sort of he also cannot be touched because he gets bruises he gets bruises yeah I don't I can't explain that but like he has this dooms thing that like is essentially some sort of, I don't know. It's difficult to understand, but basically, with him, with the bridge baby, he's able to access the Death Stranding, access you know, go into the world of the dead and not die. Essentially, yeah. um, it's very, it's a lot to take in. But that's that's what the there's also Timefall. This is the rain that that's not a character. You. I'm going through. It's character. not. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah, Timefall essentially is because we, we should probably get all the way now. There's this, <laughs> there's a thing called Timefall, and it, it, since the Death Stranding has happened, when it rains. Um, things age under the water. So, um, and le- luckily, your character has like a cool suit that he wears that you know, cool, like, a, like a jacket that keeps him clean. But like, if your skin is exposed or if anything is exposed, it immediately ages uh, with each drop of timefall. Speaking of um, speaking of characters and timefall, uh, Fragile oh, has a fantastic, actually, a really good cutscene. Not even gonna lie, oh, I still running through the yeah, she's running through the and she's like aging and like her like body. Yeah, yeah. Character, yeah they're played by Leah Sadu, who um, most people I guess would know from the James, later James Bond films. Later James Bond, she's in she's in Mission Possible Four, right? Mission Possible Four, she goes pro. She's uh, she was uh, blue is the warmest color was her big like breakout role. Um, She's a big deal in France. She was just in Cronenberg's uh, Crimes of the Future. She's a, cool. she's a very like uh, you, re- you recognize her when you see her. You're yeah, like, she's oh, tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen as um, Clifford Unger, who is yes. the villain of villain of the game. He's Former. also the dad of Sam Porter. Technically, spoilers, but is that what that was? Is that the, the yeah? Yeah, he's okay. the dad of Sam Porter. Okay, spoilers. I thought he was the for, so, anybody, like, for anybody who is Sam him. Porter the BB in the beginning, the end. Or is that... Yes, he, so in all the flashbacks, the BB that they keep on that's showing Sam. Is, is Sam. That's his memories. That's right. So it's, you think it's the BB's... You think it's Lou's. Yes. But it's not. It's yours. Lou is the BB that Lou you is carry the BB. <laughs> <laughs> They name him Lou later. They don't, you don't find out until later in the game. Um, there's Mama, who's interesting, because she 
That's my favorite package deliveries. That's where we have to uh, deliver uh, the. We'll get to that down. later. Yeah. That's like my favorite. That's the mission that broke me. That's the mission that finally made me like that guy. That was the perfect. I love game. that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Mama is a character who's a really interesting story where she she's a twin, but that's not really relevant. But the point is that she um, was was pregnant during the during an attack, right? And but the baby was like not born, but because it was. The stranding it immediately became a BT. Yeah. So she has this kind of like umbilical cord BT thing. And BTs, BTs are like these ghost things that are basically <laughs> dead people, and they pull. It's, don't worry about it. You have to fight them a lot, but they have nothing to do with the story really. Well, the 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 last two things we could go over with technically the story because obviously there's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of like the also Gabriel Toro is in this, and so is Nicholas Winding Refn, two filmmakers. They play two different characters. Great filmmakers. Great filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, Higgs has a great design. Uh, Die Hardman favorite. has a really cool design. Like, like the skull I like mask. mask. Yeah. It's um, cool. There's uh, obvi- I know there's a scene that you probably want to talk about where Nicholas Winding Refn he falls on the ground and dies. Oh my god! He's knocked out for like a minute, and you just like watch. It's him. Such an incredible commission. But, but but I think that you should talk about. That and you should talk about um, the uh, the sisters one. Okay. If that one's a big one, because that's my personal favorite mission. But uh, this is your game pick, so okay. I think you should talk about both those. Okay. And then I want to talk about some of the um, end game stuff. Sure. Like some of the stuff towards the end of the game. Sure. So we talked about already. Like this game is essentially a walking simulator. I mean, that's what it is. It's a game where you walk from place to place. You take packages of people and you try to connect them to this network in hopes to connect America. There are villains, there are adversaries, but essentially that is the game. Um, there is a segment of the game where, because each chapter as you go along later in the game starts to be connected with certain characters, so you start to get backstory on certain characters that uh, were there from the beginning, but you start to kind of like do missions for it and it becomes clear who they are. And I believe it's chapter six or seven is Hartman. Hartman is a essentially a, a guy who's um, essentially is able to like, he's fascinated with BTs, um, and he goes into the world of death, comes back, gives information. He's also like a doctor, sort of, right? And he has this, um, what's that called? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, oh my gosh, like a resuscitation device mm-hmm. on his chest. You don't know why, but it's constantly beeping throughout the game. And you go have a mission with him where you're essentially told his backstory, he lost his loved ones, and but what's so fascinating about it, and what I it's such a, it's such a ballsy move in this open world game that has been all walking, and then you can kind of go wherever you want. Essentially, Hartman, his character, uh, dies every. He can only be alive for I believe it's five minutes at a time, and then he technically dies, is down for three minutes, gets resuscitated, and is back for five minutes, and he does this every day of his life. That's his curse. That's the way he's able to visit his loved ones. It's also the way he's able to get information about the Death Stranding. And so, there is a sequence when you go to meet him in his office. You think it's going to be a cutscene, but it's not. You're basically walking, walking around with him as he's talking about what's going on, giving tons of exposition, which this game gives a lot of. And he just immediately stops and goes, oh no, sorry, I'll be right back. Sets up his little timer, lays down, gets ready, gets all comfortable, dies, technically, he's flatlined for three minutes. And the game goes in a first-person POV of you sitting on a couch 
waiting for him to resuscitate himself. And you just kind of start looking around the entire room. And you can, like, zoom in on certain, uh, like, his record player. You can zoom on his DVD collection. Some of his DVDs actually include Nicholas Winding Refn movies, which is funny because the character is the likeness of Nicholas Winding Refn. Um, and all these art pieces. and weird. But the game essentially just stops and waits for you. You can't leave it. You can't cancel the mission. You can't go back outside. You just have to sit there. And you have to wait for him to wake up. And then he resuscitates. He gives you more exposition in a form of a long cutscene, a lot of long cutscenes, dies again, you do it all over again. And it is such like an odd, beautifully obnoxious like scene because it is so clear that like, this is Kojima like pushing, telling you like, I know you're used to these games that are nothing but nonstop action and they're constant, you know, like, you know, just feeding you all this crazy stuff, but you have to just sit here and wait for this guy to resuscitate. And it really kind of just puts everything in perspective. I've never felt more in a character's shoes than in that moment. Cause even Sam, when he's like talking in the cutscenes, like, okay, like trying to get as much information out of him as he can before he goes back out. And it's just so great. Um, so I don't know, there's something about that. It's, it's, it's a very simple thing, but it is such an odd choice and such a deliberate choice to not have that be just like a cutscene you can kind of like Skip over. Yeah, and even make it in first person. Yeah. Which is like, that means that he obviously went in there and was like, no, I want well, to Yeah, and, and even, even, if, even if you skip the cutscene, you still have to sit there. Mm-hmm. And you can skip the cutscene, but then you just go immediately back. Which is funny, because you probably, if you skip if you skip a lot of cutscenes in this game, that one's probably pretty jarring. Now, like, you just skip it, and then you're like, wait, Sitting what? Sitting three minutes. And then you do it again, you do it again. I mean, it's it's such a, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool uh, just sequence. Um, and one that kind of plays with the, the form of the game. It also plays... Kind of, I think I think kind of I think there is a bit of a wink and nod to how much exposition is in the game. There is the game. There will be time. I do think like, there's you joke around about how like, you walk around and it's just like Marine. It's like hey Porter, hey Sam. I do <laughs> I do think there's a bit of like tongue in cheek element to it. I do think I there's, think there's times where like you walk into the place to deliver a package and a guy looks at you and he's like he's like. He's like, all right, that's it. And then he turns around and he's like, wait, one more thing. <laughs> yeah, or like, or, all the time. Or, or it'll be like, you'll be walking and you'll, you'll, especially in the first part of the game, and you know, your one character will say something, go out, and then another coach comes out and goes, and then I'll be like, oh, Sam, sorry, one more thing. Or, 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 or my favorite one is like, Hartman makes a joke, and then Sam doesn't laugh, and he just goes, <laughs> anyway. Like, it's just, and it's like, it's so ob- obvious that he's like, and then like, ever once, I think at one point, like, if I'm not mistaken, Guillermo del Toro character's like, you got all that? They'll just dump all this stuff on you. Like, the lore about, like, the dooms, the void. Everything has everything. lore. Yeah, just, but what's so funny is that you're still not going to understand it. No, you're not going to understand any, any of it. You, If nobody could convince me that they played Death Stranding, understood everything they were playing without going on a Wikipedia page. No. Just nobody could. It, to me, it, this is going to be a weird comparison, but I, I was playing it again, and I realized it, I know exactly what this game is. This game is the equivalent of, this is the video game version of Tenet. Christopher Nolan's Tenet, which is a, a film, again, by a very uh, uh, auteur filmmaker who I respect more than I love. Um, I think he's a really fascinating person. I don't love all of his work, but, like, he made something very... He made these this, these movies that were very well-beloved by everybody, and then he gets full access to whatever he wants with Tenet, makes Tenet, and it's, like, pure nonsense. Like, and there's exposition all the time. And you, you think that's going to be annoying, but the best thing about it is just you kind of go, like, it's all just noise. Just go with the Just vibe. go with the flow. There's a little line in the, in the game. And then, sorry, in the movie, in Tenet, 
when she's explaining the reverse, how the reverse things work, how things go backwards. And she just goes, she literally says to him, she's like, don't try to explain it, just feel it. Yeah. And that's, she's like, she's, no, she says, don't try to understand it, just feel it. That's Death Stranding. Don't try to understand it, just feel it. Well, this, way, this way, too, I think that Sam Porter is probably the, he's the best pick by far as the main character mm-hmm. out of all this whole entire cast. Because he's always like, what? He, he totally, <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he, he doesn't get it. No. Like, he's just like, he I, I, I genuinely think if you ask Sam Porter, you're like, oh, hey, explain this to me. He'd be like, I don't know. Like, the best thing about him is so great, too, is that he also, like, especially as the game goes on, he's kind of like you. Like, in the cutscenes, he he doesn't, it's clear that he probably doesn't understand what's going on, but he doesn't question it. He's just like, He's just like, I'm just trying to do what my mom wanted me to they're do. Just, so they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna talk about something that you're not gonna understand, but there, there's something like, for as obnoxious and as long and as the exposition is, it's almost becomes charming. Because it's just so, you're Especially like... Especially with all the fun characters. I, I love, I love Higgs. I love Fragile. All the I design. love Fragile. Fragile's awesome. Oh, well, that's the thing. All these great actors are deliberate. These great actors are like... What, who's Guillermo del Toro's character? Uh, What's his name? Uh, um, Death Man? Death? Something he's a dead he's dead, a, man. dead man dead, dead man. man yeah dead man yeah he's always like hello dead man dead man <laughs> mama all those characters yeah. and I I think they're all so much fun to talk with even though they're just spewing exposition and out to you out the time there's sequences too where like Margaret Qualley or like Mads Mikkelsen are like giving it their all like really delivering like a full performance in the mocap thing and and you're kind of like they they have no idea what they're saying. But that's the thing is that you have no idea what they're saying either. But they're, yeah. it's well, that was the big thing right, right after the game came out. There were there was all these articles about like, dude, even the actors, even the actors don't understand. Matt Mickelson just did an interview where he said, "I don't know what." Yeah, no. and, and I'm like, okay, but like, they really are trying. Yeah, like it, it, it you can tell they're trying. One hundred percent, and they're devoted to it. And it's also just like it becomes this thing of like it doesn't matter what they're saying as long as the emotions are clear, and like you understand the 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 gravity of the. Of the like the emotions of the game without having to yeah understand. the event and why the event is important like, yeah you still get why it's all important right for sure yeah the um you want to talk about the mama one yeah so then uh, my other favorite sequence or favorite mission in the game it's my favorite full mission in the game um, such a good mission it's a great mission Ooh. and uh, it's like the whole point of the game the whole point of the game so you find out this character of mama who has um a uh, strand baby and she's but she's she you find out that she's separated from her sister and the reason she has this bond with this baby is because it's sort of a representation of the bond she had with her her sister in the womb who she lost um who she thinks she lost as you play the game you realize that the sister is actually alive the twin sister is alive and so you are tasked with you know you've been delivering packages this whole game but now you have to deliver a live person to go from her from and she lives up in the snowy mountains you know and you gotta go all the way up from the mountains over the snow down to basically the other side of the map pick her up when you pick her up there's a boss fight that starts and it's hilarious because you can kind of just walk past the boss fight I, 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 I literally all the time. I literally <laughs> walked past like there's this big like incredible like brrr, like here it comes big kaiju looking thing and then I just literally walked to the left and I didn't have to do anything but you Turn right. but you <laughs> carry her through this and you're carrying her up this path that you've been on for the past hour of the game and it is it is probably the longest mission of the game it is probably the longest like sustained maybe until the very end I feel like it's one of the most longest it's up to that point it's It's one of the longest ones up to that point it is the longest mission you've had and you're delivering her up to this mountain and 
you know, the game is sort of all based on you holding the left and right triggers to hold, make sure you hold, maintain your balance or hold your character is holding on to his packages, which he carries on these things behind him. You're holding on to this woman, literally live woman that's behind you. And you're taking her up this mountain, snowy mountaintop, and your stamina goes down so fast when you go up this one. And, and it's like, you literally cannot take two steps without your stamina just dropping. And so you have to take a moment, breathe, drink some water if you can, and then just keep going, keep going, get, stop. It's literally trudging, trudging, trudging. The snow is just bearing down on you. And about halfway through the mission, the character who's been quiet the whole time basically just goes like, you know, Sam, I'm about to be reunited with this lost half. Like, you're making me whole again. Thank you, Sam. And it is such an... like. Her saying that is, like, the whole point of the game. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole idea of connection, how this important... And, like, I remember playing that, and as for silly as the game is, as silly as some of her dialogue is, as silly as the whole concept is, as much as it makes no sense, she's talking, she's going up there, she's talking about, like, I remember her in the womb. I remember her. It's so weird. You're like, what is it? When she says that, I remember being like, I was was like, I gotta connect America. Like, I gotta, like, and you just and you just you just go and, and when you finally get down the mountain you're running down you can finally go and you're finally close and you get it's like so rewarding it is like it is just such an amazing level of game. and it's not achieved through uh, cinematics you know any any uh, cutscenes it's like you just you as the gamer have been trudging up this mountain with this cargo behind you with this girl behind you. And you are just, you are beaten down. You're literally, your thumbs on the <laughs> controller are like, you know, just like, it is so difficult to like, you can't even take a, there's nowhere to, to sit. There's nowhere to, because you can take rests in this game. You, can, you can't do that. You just got to go. You got to go. You got to keep pushing. And it's, it's, it's really the, I think the, the, the pinnacle of what the game, the gameplay is, which is, yeah. it's a game about like, you just, you just keep going. You just keep going there is not there's not we're not gonna because that game easily could have been like oh okay well now we're gonna throw in a boss right here we're gonna throw in a boss right when you get to the top of the mountain that's not what the game is the the boss is 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 literally your patience yeah. and your tenacity like can you can you push yourself push your character because this mission is going to take about an hour an hour of gameplay walking up a mountain but can you do it and when you do it man and when you when you have you know managed to make it your cargo is intact. I mean, it is so satisfying. Yeah. And it's so overwhelming. It, it does this thing where I think it's very genius that they picked that as one of their missions because it, it pretty much shows everything you've been doing. Has this is the personal effects it can have. Yeah. Because, because there's no, there's been no real personal. It's, it's mostly no, there's, this is the one mission where it's like your delivery is so personal. Yeah. And you realize the impact that everything else you've been doing there's can a sm- have. There's a minor one before that where you're delivering like an artist to her lover and like that one's pretty nice yeah and, and you have to walk through bt infested areas and i don't i completely forgot about that one but that's early on it doesn't quite have the impact because you haven't been like playing with and, and the game has sort of up to this point kind of told you how much this woman is mr sister and you know and it's it's very it kind of just like you were saying for as crazy uh, as as much as i can't understand the story or whatever that giving that personal um aspect to it like Really makes it more emo- a more emotional experience. Yeah, the um, the only other part of the uh, entire story that I really want to dabble into is the ending segments. Okay. Um, I find the ending segments to this game to be fascinating to say the least. It is 
such a barrage of information being thrown at you and some of it being thrown at you, by the way, during a credit sequence where you're just walking oh, we're around. Not even, oh, we're, we're, we're not even going to talk about like the the World War Two segments and the... Oh, uh, well, we could touch on that later. That's okay. totally fine. Because okay. I'm totally fine with talking about Chapter 4 where how it goes to like World War One, I, I believe, and yeah. you're like firing and it becomes a third-person shooter. Um, yeah, yeah that, that we can get into that, especially when we're talking about like gameplay and stuff sure. like that. But the... Story-wise, right after you're done fighting the big boss, which is Extinction itself, it's like this big, if I remember correctly, it's Extinction. It's a massive BT, just giant thing. You remember in the city? Yeah, 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 in the city. And you shoot with rocket launchers. You beat it. You start talking to who is uh, essentially Extinction, but is also like your sister on the beach that she constantly talks about and goes like, see me on the beach. Well, no. So the Extinction and you don't fight. That's Higgs controlling a BT in the city. He steals Amelie, and that's before you find out Amelie is the extinction. Okay, but then you find out in the next... Then you find yeah, out in the next... Yeah, okay, you find out in the cutscenes yeah. afterwards, because then you're going around... Because you beat Higgs, and after you fight the kaiju thing, and then you beat Higgs on the beach, and then that's the... Yeah, because you have that two, like, the 2D Street Fighter... Yeah, it's so fight. weird. Yeah, and you have yeah, the health bars, the, the, yeah. The, the fighter... <laughs> it's always, but it's, it's so like funny because you can't move, so you're just, like, pressing... No, your solid four does that in the final fight with uh, li- uh, his name's Liquid Ocelot and um, Snake. They're both they're both punching each other. I love, I love the psychomantis. <laughs> so yeah. uh, but the uh, yeah on the beach, you're talking with Amelia, and basically like that's when you get the reveal that she's extinction, you know, extinction entity and stuff like that. And they're showing off like what's going to happen to the world and stuff. Does the game? I'm trying to remember. Does the game like like fake you out? Of like, like, because they make you think, isn't it like, oh, you you have to hug her or something, and then the game just like ends or something. I mean, you're supposed to do something. Oh, and the game like fakes you out by basically being like, no, you actually have to do this other thing. No, so what happens? So yeah, so um, because I remember there was something where the game tells me to do something. There's a, there's a part where it tells you to make a like choice. I have to like shoot at her, and then the game just like ends. Yeah, it tells you to make a choice. Uh, one is to either let her, basically let her take over the world. Or shoot her. And the game tells you, like, do you spare her or kill her? Yeah. And. I think if you shoot her, the game, like. So, yeah, and I was stupid. I was stupid. I just, like, I just was, like, I had a gun and I was, like. Dude, no, literally. I, like, I do that all the time. And then she just, like, <laughs> looks, she looks at you and, like, starts, like, shaking and then, like, you just see Earth start to, like, collapse and explode. And then it just, and then it just cuts to the is, like, directed by Hideo, Hideo Kojima, like, the credits. And then it goes back, yeah. But yeah. then you can rewind it. And then what it really is supposed to do is it says that and then you. You get close to her, but you don't shoot her any closer. And then if you get close enough to her, it says press square to hug. That's and what it is. Whole embrace, and then yeah. and then like it's like the love. Yeah, you give. <laughs> hey, I I think it's a little sweet. It's, no, it's, it's incredibly little, sweet, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's just so, it's, it's so goofy. If you it's if so we're saying this, too. if so we're saying this, someone who's never played the game, they're like. What? Dude, I know, I know. It's crazy. You give me a gun too, and you're just like, all right, what are you gonna do? I'm just gonna start firing. Which is like, funny, that kind of in a weird way, like. Proves Kojima's point, like that. Well, we're yeah, yeah, you're so, just like, yeah. and, 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 you know, desensitized. You're able to think like, oh, that's the bad one. Let me yeah. shoot. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it's not. Why would I ever think that there's? I, I think I was on the phone with you because sometimes we'll just. I'll be playing a game and I'll be on the phone with Tyler. And no, I remember chat. this, and you were like, "What's?" And I was like, "And I was like, I'm gonna shoot her." <laughs> and I thought, the game just ended. I was like, oh wait! I, that was like, well, I don't think I was supposed to do that. <laughs> and then there's the uh, there's like the 10, 15 It's longer than that. It's probably fifteen twenty minute long credit sequence where you're walking around on a beach and you're turning like more and more blue. Every time you it, think this game is over, every it's time not. It's, it's never. Dude, it never is because even after that, you have to deliver a baby oh. to the um the, the uh, incinerator. incinerator but and then, then that spawns a thirty. A, I shit you not, a thirty minute long 
cutscene. Yeah. A 30 minute long cutscene that happens next. And so you're like, oh, okay. Like, so you just sit there and you watch this whole thing play out. And then finally it ends. But then, you know, of course, if you, the cool thing about it is like most, most, uh, open world games, you can still do like any outstanding deliveries that you didn't do. And I, I'm very much a guy, this might be blasphemous, but like I'm very much a guy that like doesn't do the side quests initially. Like I always save those for after the main story. Yeah, you, I mean you do what you're gonna, you do how you're gonna do it. I yeah. feel like that side quests can either be used as like in-game activity where like once you're done beating the main story you can do them or they can be used to uh, spice up. And, and when I say side quests, it's literally just more story. deliveries. It's just yeah. more just like... Some games side quests to me like don't even work for the main story because if you do it's like a like uh, for me like breath of the wild like if i do the side quest it makes me feel like there's no sense of like urgency going on with what the main story is like they'll be like oh the whole world's gonna end and somebody will be like oh go give me these ingredients yeah if you're gonna do a side quest like in the story you have to shoot early on in the game because like i I crashed even like red dead 2 and it's like oh they're finding us dutch we gotta go and it's like i should probably go look for dinosaur bones for an hour and a half you know like it's it's like it's kind of it's just it's supposed to break up the monotony but if the main story is so urgent it's kind of hard for me to like want to break up that monotony quotation like gta 5 like near the end when you're starting to get like you know like everything's starting to fall apart with the crew and everything and then it's just like I'm gonna go out to the boonies and find these like acid hippies real quick and see what's going on. You know, it, it, it's they're fun, but it, it does kind of ruin the, the vibe. Yeah. I, uh, I I wrote down uh, some stuff where one of the one of another point. I believe this was said by Hideo Kojima at one point where he was describing how he wanted uh, Death Stranding to feel like you were a. Um, I felt like, like I, was, I felt like yeah. I was literally about to say, I feel, feel like, like you know, like yeah. You wanted to feel like you were this. Uh, tiny speck in like a massive world and when i when when i do think about that straining i i thought about the CIA. i was like that might be one of the better description i've heard of the game because it is such a game where like when you're traveling from one end of the map to the other to do one package you're just it is just scale and you're just yeah like it's not one i will say it's not there's not a lot of stuff to do no, it's not, but that's kind of the But it is, yeah, it is it's, huge. It's very, it is, like, it is one of those games. It's this wasteland filled up with people, other people who are playing stuff, right. and you're just all alone, and you're this one little dude. Well, it's fu- it is funny, them. like, I do think about that, like, because of, there is so many side quests and stuff, like, like you know, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, Red Dead, Red Dead 2, like, are always talked about, like, their massive scale uh, open mm. worlds. But I remember when Death Stranding, I was like, this is, in terms of scale, it's pretty freaking huge. Like, yeah, it's like massive. It feels bigger than those other games because to me, everything feels like somewhat of an obstacle as mm-hmm. we described, like the terrain wise. Mm-hmm. So you feel the, the the how big that mountain is. You're gonna feel that. Oh yeah, if you see a mountain in the distance, you're gonna climb. You're talking about like an hour long climb with the with the sisters and stuff. It's so true. It's like you know you're gonna feel that's not a climb where you're gonna look at you and be like all right, cool, I'll find my way around that. Where you're gonna climb it, it's gonna be strenuous if you're gonna have to do that right, and then you run into like BTs up there and, you're like, and then yeah. you're gonna look at the map and you moved like two feet exactly and you're gonna be like oh it's been like no, an it hour is, it is a, it's a big map it's a map of nothing but that's almost the point it's yeah. a big map I mean I think that could be I still can't believe how good it looks on PS4 also oh my god it is one of the most gorgeous looking like Dude, games I, I mean, specifically I, with like I'm not a big like realistic looking gamer. I know you aren't really either, and I feel like a lot of gamers really aren't. I like it as like um almost more of like a tech demo. Like if the game looks realistic, I want to like try it out if I have a new hardware, but not necessarily like I need a game to look real, you know, for me or whatever. But this game, yeah, to me like the terrains, it's because they use. I'm pretty sure they use like photogrammetry and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, the, they do. The 
the terrains and everything, it reminds me of like something like Battlefront, where when you play it, it like just looks like insane. Mm-hmm. It's like you play it and you're like, okay, like this. I could not picture Death Stranding one aging that like poorly. No, I really can't. Not like other games where I feel like that they try to mimic reality. It's already four years old, and I mean, and, and you know, I mean, not that that's a long time, but like you know, games at least they used to. They used to age fast, like you know. It still looks insane. I've been on PC and stuff like that. It probably looks fantastic. I mean, I played it on the PS5. Uh, I was over at my parents' house and I played on the PS5. And I had the I put like I don't know, I think I, I don't think I put performance mode. I think I put quality. No, it was it was was it sixty frames or sixty not? frames is performance right? Sixty frames would be. Performance. I did performance mode and um, which is to me I always performance mode. I'm I like, prefer performance with video games. And also too like the quality of PS5 is so good anyway that like. Well, they'll be like, oh, the difference between upscaled 4K and native 4K. And then I'll be like, okay, I'd rather have upscaled if it means 30 frame difference. Yeah, and also, if the frame rate looks crappy, I don't want, like, who cares? Uh, Who cares if I can see a bit more, like, I don't know. So, but I did, I did, and I had the, my parents, my dad has a few lights, like the few sync. And I was just playing up there, and I was like, this is, this is incredible looking, you know? This is, like, the best looking game ever it's so good looking and, and yeah the, those trains I mean, I mean it's again it's it's so clearly not America it's like Iceland it, it's like not it's not anywhere in America but it's a it's incredible to look at what um what in terms of what do you think is the best looking environment in the game or your most favorite environment to go through favorite environment to go through because there's all the different big maps I mean like my personal one I'll get out of the way is the highway one Mm-hmm. The one where the one where the online players can build this highway yeah, for you really and cool. all that stuff. I that's love really that cool. one. That one's cool. Um, for some reason, and maybe it's just because it's still fresh in my mind. Um, just the like the that first the first world. No, I say world, but the first like the map. first big chunk of the map. Yeah. And and when you walk out, when you do your first delivery, and you walk out of the city, and there's just that big open vast there's little like creeks creeks yeah. and yeah they see the waterfall all the way at the end like that just and even because i love too in the game that like your final run in the game is where you started mm-hmm. and like when you have to take beauty to the incinerator like the that run you just because you're not wearing any cargo you're just going maybe you can just run and it's just that vast like it's just i don't know there's something about that that like when i think of death stranding i immediately think of that that's probably also the one that you that you spend the most time getting to know because that's, that's the why. one that you walk a lot yeah. whereas like in the other ones you do get vehicles yeah. you do get things that kind of Should we talk about the vehicles i'm like we talk about the vehicles um yeah actually we can get into gameplay especially because like i feel like we need to talk about you know the strand system mm-hmm. we need to talk about like you know vehicles mm-hmm. gadgets mm-hmm. you know um getting beaten the crap out of by mules i think so i think the gameplay is like the least interesting thing to talk about honestly just because yeah we can go on and on about these segments well, yeah, the game, it's, but just, then it's, it's like just, those, it's, those are more interesting to us yeah because the, the gameplay i mean the gameplay it's it's you know it's 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 fun to i think it's fun to play i mean most people understandably a lot of people disagree but um like the when you're not walking later in the game you get the opportunity to get vehicles you get motorbikes or reverse trikes as they're called you get uh the trucks um i haven't ever tried with any of like the snowboards or skateboard stuff i haven't any of that stuff but, but um get the pee and poop grenades yeah you get the pee and poop grenades but like traversal with the with the with the vehicles is pretty hit or miss and it, it's one of the elements of the game i think is most valid like, if there's any criticism the game, i think it's most valid is is the is the vehicle uh because it's a, it's a, essentially a game so uh, the worlds aren't designed very much for vehicles other than like the highways a couple times and there's some paths you can take 
But really, it's a game that does not benefit from having vehicles. The only way the vehicles really work, or if, if you need them, if you have to, if you have like thirty pieces of cargo and you cannot go anywhere, like you you put it on the truck, you know, or maybe if you gotta get somewhere fast, like the trike might be good for you, but not if there's a rocket your way, because you're gonna have to like you know maneuver. Um, but it is it is cool. I like that there's those options, and I think actually. In a weird way, the the I kind of like the give and take. The more I play with the vehicles, like I, I was doing a whole series of runs just with the vehicles, like just to see try them out, you know, because I always I always like give up using the vehicles but halfway through a run, yeah. like through a through a delivery. But like, there is a like a, a give and take. Like, the give is that you probably get there, will get there faster. Like you do get there faster, just mm-hmm. in terms of like when there is a straight shot, you just especially if you set up generators and yeah, sure, generator, yeah, you have the batteries, you can you can just go. But um, the take is that the vehicles do not handle rough terrain well. Um, but that almost makes it its own fun challenge as well, because you're like, well... Because understandably, one of the complaints is that, like, the the vehicle maneuvering is so hit or miss. Like, Oh, it is. You, you push forward on the analog stick to move, and it literally will take, like, a delay of a second. You're going to be like... Yeah. and then start driving it's so weird it's so weird and then also too like sometimes like you can because the bike and truck come with a, a, a jump feature you can kind of like come but that thing is so just sometimes doesn't work if you're in a tight spot and sometimes it does sometimes it'll like barely move you sometimes it'll throw you across the like it's just it's it's totally it's totally not it's a guessing game and it, yeah it's a guessing game but that almost makes it kind of fun too because it's very like in the same way that the terrain is 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 uh, is a little um, unpredictable on foot, it's doubly so in your vehicles. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't love the vehicles, but I do think they're interesting in terms of weapons and stuff. Like they're they're okay, but again, it's a game so not focused on. Uh, it's such a like a pacifistic game that to utilize weapons really, unless you're using them like BTs, is pretty pointless. Yeah, especially using like guns and stuff. There's a there's a gun. Unless you're, yeah, shooting like a blood throwing a blood grenade because if you use blood on the BTs, it makes them vulnerable. Right. Essentially. Yeah, you're on blood, but you gotta be careful using. That was a cool. It's a cool mechanic too. Is that you can't use too many of the BT anti BT um, uh, weapons over if you don't have blood bags. Yeah, you blood, then you take your own blood, so you could literally die and kill yourself if you don't. You know, which is a cool again a very like. There's a lot of different ways the game. People can find that annoying, understandably, but I love that the game finds all these ways to be like. Like honestly, the hardest thing in the game, is one of the things that is a given with most games, which is just killing people. Like yeah. that is the hardest thing to do in the game because if you if you do kill a BT, you're taking you're taking blood away that you could use. If you kill a person, which I've never done, but I know you can. I did one time. If you kill a person. <laughs> There's this immediately incredible mechanic where it's like, you better dispose of their body immediately. Because death in this world means that their bodies will have a cause of void out, which will destroy the entire map. Um, and so that's really cool. And yeah. that's a really cool mechanic. And it keeps you kind of, uh, you know, trying to keep stay away from that kind of stuff. Always not trying to kill somebody. Try not, and you yeah. get, if you get in an encounter, you know, try to run away. Or if you have to use your fists, use your fists. Uh, but then you also have weapons like the bolo gun, which I think is one of the more helpful ones, which is just like a rope gun that kind of ties oh, you down. Awesome. Yeah. And, 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 and also like a gun you can use to rip people's um, cargo out of there, you know, and they use that against you. And so there, there's, there's, it's, a, it's, a, it's fascinating. Like, I think that's what I like about the vehicles and the weapons is that they're like a lot of give and take with it. Like, 
it could help you in certain ways, but by not utilizing the basic mechanics, which is just walking, you are immediately kind of challenged. Like, okay, this might be easier in this section, but you are causing a whole lot of problems. But you mm-hmm. know, so I guess that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. The uh, uh, I think the, the bogo gun is really good. That yeah. is that what it's called? Bolo gun. Bolo gun. The bolo gun is a bogo. I won't get bogo. I won't get free gun. <laughs> The uh, the bolo gum is really nice, especially against mules and stuff like that, mm. because mules will just kind of chase you down, especially if you're out of the Cairo network yeah. and you're in areas that don't have the Cairo network. Right. Uh, I think that a lot of the gameplay mechanics are interesting. Not a lot of the time do they really come in handy. Like, it's very few gadgets I find myself no. using. I'll find myself using some equipment, but then once you reach far enough into the game, the online almost helps you out so much that you're kind of like, oh, I don't really need to set up a lot of things. You might bring, like, one ladder or, like, I'll, I'll bring a generator. So that means I can throw down a couple every now and then. So that means I can make my vehicle be able to get around. Right. Zip lines are insane later on. I don't play with them enough, but yeah, they are. I, 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 um, I always think they're going to be more helpful than they are. Um, oh, really? But yeah, I do agree. Like, I think I just probably set up a lot because I'd just be setting them up and just be... I don't, yeah, I don't set them up enough. <laughs> I, don't, I usually just take rides on other people's zip lines. That they, yeah. They the, um, and then to your point with the, uh, the, uh, the gameplay... They, they don't they don't want you to kill anybody and then you hit something like chapter four where the game just like automatically throws in for like a spin and it's like oh we're just gonna become a third person shooter for this chapter yeah that's, that's worth talking about i guess before we, before we wrap up like um the game does near the end like you were saying throw things at you and 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 it, it there's a storyline i'm not going to tell you how or how this happens or yeah, this, no. but, but for some reason you wind up in a, a version of death of the death Stranding that takes place in world war one uh you're fighting dead Soldiers um, and Mads Mikkelsen's villain, and then it happens again a couple missions later in World War Two, and then a few missions later happens again with Vietnam. Um, Is that the boss fight one? That's the boss. Well, they all kind of have a boss fight with him, but that's the real boss fight with him. Yeah, that's the real boss fight with Mikkelsen is is in Vietnam. But um, yeah, because he always kind of shows up with like the the way those things are structured is like you shoot a couple soldiers and then Mickelson shows up with like three soldiers at his side that kind of keep responding yeah. and then you can shoot him too when they're gone um yeah it's just it's, and then some of those scenes were like the big like um promotion like teaser footage was like Guillermo del Toro running around World War One, and um it's 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 just a it's weird but it's it's a cool it's a cool change of pace it's a cool change of pace because I do think, as much as I defend the walking and everything and what it essentially is, that I do think you need it a couple times to just kind of be thrown for a loop. Even if the gameplay isn't necessarily incredible uh, for those segments, it's at least cool to, to get a different flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's good every single once in a while they mix up and just kind of throw some yeah. you know, random curveball at you. Totally. And, everything. and they do that with a lot of the gameplay stuff like that as well. Because, I mean, like later on like whenever you have like the scanner thing pop out and like checks out like the bts you instantly go from like being like regular like resting traversal and traversal and now you're like oh i gotta be like on the lookout for these things like you know i'm trying to like avoid them because you don't or you can you can get chiral crystals from yeah yeah, yeah, and then once you get the you get the cuffs that can cut the cords you can kill bts a lot that easier once you find their you know so that's Mm -hmm. really cool and uh as I go down through the, some of the rest of this stuff, uh, do you want to explain the explain the uh, strand online system? Um, because we kind of yeah, we've talked about it. So 
I don't, I don't like admire this as much as you do. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's, I, I honestly, personally, I don't take a lot of advantage of it. And that's on me when I play through the game. Yeah. But I did notice it a lot, this playthrough that, um, so basically the, the strand type game is essentially that, <laughs> strand type game, is essentially that, um, that different players can kind of leave hints or uh, items for you through their gameplays, uh, through their traversal and through everything. So like, for example, you might be walking to a BT area and there'll be a sign that says warning BT. And that was placed by another player or placed by a series of players, you know, in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, or, Hey, like this cliff, well, you'll fall down if you go up it. There's like, it, it, so it's like quite literally connecting you with the other players through being helpful. Sometimes it'll be as simple as them placing a ladder across a river so you can walk it, and you can like it. There's like a like system where you can like like you press the like button. And yeah, there's a whole social media. And system that was what was so it. cool. But I, I I hadn't played it for a couple months before we before I announced I wanted to do it for the podcast. So I went back on my save and did some side quests. And the second I turned on my game, and I hadn't played it in probably three months, I got all these notifications right for like in the past three months. Like all these people have liked my my mm-hmm. things I've left my rope. I left them a rope so they could climb up it and all that stuff. Um, and so that's really interesting. And also, too, there's a mechanic where you you can like yell out. And yeah, you can yell, "Hey!" And if a response comes, that means another player is playing nearby, yeah. yeah. near you, near you in the area, which is really cool. Um, you don't see them, um, but uh, it's cool to know like that they're there. You know, a little so, funny fact is that if it's your birthday, they'll say "Happy Birthday." No way. So if it's your birthday and you have that in on your oh, system, man, they'll be check. like, "Yeah, they'll be like." Happy birthday, Sam! <laughs> and then they'll just keep on walking. That's so yeah, cool. I gotta try yeah, that. I gotta try that. That's awesome. It's really fun, yeah. I, I think that... Um, that's, like, very... That goes back to Kojima's, like, origins. Like, the, the Psychomantis, like, reading your memory card on GameCube and stuff. Oh, he loves it. Uh, there's, um... I haven't written down in here to mention, but there's a, um... Uh, um Mads Mickelson cutscene where he literally says, Happy birthday to you. He's like looking at the BB oh, yeah, yeah. and he's just like, he's like, it's your birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. He's like, you're getting on. Imagine really getting on that stranding on your birthday. Be like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna do that, I'm doing it. Birthday's coming Happy on. birthday, Sam. <laughs> That's so, it's fun. so fun. Yeah. The, I, I, um, I want to also just shout out how good low war is in this game. They're the fantastic. Yeah, the They're so good. It became study music for me for a very long time. Low war. And then, um, there's a couple songs in the soundtrack by Silent Poet I think doesn't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. They do Asylum for the Feeling. They do, um, I forget, excuse me, there's a song at the end credits that I love. Churches also does a song. The song mm-hmm. Churches does is actually called Death Stranding. And it feels so, it's really poppy and it feels completely separate from the rest of the soundtrack. It's really funny. Like the, the low roar Silent Poet stuff is really moody and beautiful. And then like the Death Stranding ones, like, it's just like, let's. Raise our hands. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny, but um, but yeah. So like, but it's it's a, it's a very eclectic soundtrack, and, and um, one of the things that's interesting too is that you can you can actually at certain sections that are placed by other players, you can like kind of play music there, and um, which is cool, and so you can pick music from the from the you know from the silent poets and lower. And words. you said that in your recent in my recent you playthrough, one of the things I figured out was that I I discovered I picked up a package on the ground mysterious package and it was the entire god of war 2018 soundtrack and i could, you could play which is that. crazy and apparently there's a few of those out there so like i found a few of them. there's a few more out there like the uncharted 4 and a couple other ones i think horizon zero dawn which there's a couple of connections with that. yeah um but yeah so you can like play that too and and there's all these uh, you know and then i swear and i need to look into this and this is my fault i swear when i beat the big bt in the city my 
for my first real full playthrough back in like November, December, there was a section where I I walked over to one of those like music box things that was playing music mm-hmm. and it was like a Jay-Z song. And I don't know if that's like a song I found or if it's like you can like play your own music in there. Like, but that was insane. It was like so crazy because like, I was like, Amelie, come back. No. And the cutscene ends. I'm walking away and, he's like, and the music's just like, it's just so freaking funny. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. That is great. Yeah. That's so funny. The, um, I know that also you can play all the music in the, uh, in the private room. Which I think is really oh, yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Private room where you can take a shower, you can take a crap. You oh can yeah, and go to sure. sleep. You can have nightmares. You can. Um, Sorry, I'm looking. Sh- I'm looking this up because I want to find out. If I yeah, no, you're all good. You're all good. Look it up. I'll talk about the um, while you're doing that. I'm actually going to talk a little bit about the UI. Mm-hmm. Um, we both kind of have our own partial opinions about the UI. We kind of both don't really care for it too much. It's, it's very busy, and I hate placing waypoints. And I think it's sometimes it doesn't. Make you it, have to like connect them. You have to connect to make them. them yeah. And then and then sometimes I'll just I don't do the connecting thing. I literally just like draw a waypoint between my thing and there. And then when I do that though, I realize like my waypoint's going like the line goes like a, across, like, like, up a giant mountain. Like, all right, well screw this. Like I guess I have to do the water. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, no that uh, the UI is very rough. There are points like where like you'll you'll highlight over a specific spot where you're delivering a package and literally that spot will pop up as like 500 different things it's a rap sorry it's a rap song called chirality like chiral oh my by by a by a soundcloud (laughs) artist named jt music it sounds kind of good though it's a pretty good sound It. I swear it was something a little more poppy, but that's still cool. It's yeah. Okay. No, no, you're all good. Yeah, but the UI is just kind of like yeah, it's not rough. Good. It's not. God, whenever I pause it and I see that map, I'm like kind of disgusted. My eyes are like, I mean, well, you, yeah, and I, and I mentioned you just go over a specific area and like 400 things will pop up and it will be like, oh, dude, 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 and I'll be like, well, what like, am it, I looking? And then it's like, like I, oh, I guess I put a marker there like two hours ago. I forgot. There's so many symbols. Yeah, it's insane. There's so well, many and, symbols. and sometimes they have symbols for every single individual, even like hologram well, thing. Well, the problem is too is that every like I'm trying to do side quests, but they have. Waypoints already set or um, symbols already set for every side quest. So sometimes I'm like walking, I'm like, am I going to the right place or is that was that it? Like it's yeah. like very it's very confusing. I don't like the and I, I I um even today before I went to I was playing a little bit of it today before I went to work and or to work to came here um and uh, I paused it. My wife looked at the screen and she was just like, "How do you know how to do? Like how do you know what's going on?" And I was like, "Well, it's not. I don't pay attention to this." <laughs> But like, yeah, this looks like because it's just so. It's busy. a nightmare. It's a no, nightmare. It's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. so. It is such a cluster. I, if, that, if there's one thing I want them to like fix for Death Stranding too, it's that. Yeah, for me, it's the traversal stuff and the UI, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of it is stuff that fundamentally doesn't really change. Like I love this game, but it's also stuff that I know would make the game far more appealing to other people. I know, like. When I look at the UI, you mentioned your your wife saying something, and it's like, when one of us looks at the UI, we don't really pay attention to it, mm-hmm. but I could totally see if I had it up on a screen, somebody watched it, like, what are you playing? I know. Like, yeah, ew. It's just, it's just, like yeah, what so. is happening on your screen right now? Um, 
And even sometimes in, in game, like you'll see like a waypoint set, like a circle, like with an icon, like off in the distance. And you're yeah. like, is that my, is that where I'm supposed to go? Or is that like just the nearest, like, um, you know, center? You know, you know what I mean? It's, it's very bizarre. Yeah. I'm going to uh, hop on to these fun facts and uh, funny stuff about the game. And then we're going to do some closing questions. Okay. And the closing questions are just stuff that we just are going to do every single time. That's just like the standard, like, yeah, like, what, like do you, what do you appreciate yeah, most yeah. about the game? Things like that. Gotcha. Yeah. The um, fun facts, though, one, um, there's actually not much known about the inspirations of this game. And uh, a lot of people have theories that um, some of the inspirations lie in things even like Twin Peaks which I find, uh, it, you can't see it on the audio version, but Josh quite literally has a Twin Peaks tattoo. And big Twin Peaks guy. Big Twin Peaks. Uh, Alien, Space Odyssey, there's a bunch of those in there. Like um, 2001 Space Odyssey? Yeah. Okay. I, was like, I was like, what the hell is Alien, Space Odyssey? A- Alien and <laughs> Space Odyssey, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's just not really talked about how much, because really the only thing known about inspiration-wise is that Kojima would talk about this short novel that he'd read. It was called um, uh, The Rope, and it was made by a guy named, uh, I have it written down, uh, Koba Abe. And um, I've never heard of it. Me neither. But there's this, they actually use quotes from it in Death Stranding, because Uh there's segments of it that say, like, the rope and the stick, and they constantly reference the rope and the stick in the game and stuff. Wasn't that, like, one of the first lines of the game, is they talk about the rope and the stick? Isn't that like one of the first? That is the first, yeah. Because that was his big, that was his big thing about the game. Like he, uh, I wrote down actually that uh, the game, uh, the quote that he uses is the rope and the stick together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this. It's the quote in the game that he uses. The rope and the stick together are one of humankind's oldest tools. The stick is for keeping evil away. The rope is for pulling good towards us. That's These right. are the first friends of the hum- that the human race invented. Wherever you find humans, the rope and the stick also exist. Man. Even now, they are like members of our family, infiltrating and living in every residence of our lives. Wow. And that is the quote that he uses. And it, it's, I feel like that in general, like the, the vague, the, the, it's not super vague, but you know, the... I'm assuming what would be the abstractness of the short novel sounds like something that would be an inspiration for, for Death sure, Stranding. For sure, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, as it works as an extension to Death Stranding, Death Stranding is such a abstract game, but you can only describe it through things like connection, pacifism, things like that. And I, I think that that works very much. Yeah, absolutely. As a uh, inspiration, they use the Horizon Zero Dawn engine. Is another thing I wrote down, and, and, and they work Easter eggs off of each other in both of each other's games cool. because they were very happy that Kojima wanted to use their engine. It's it's um, nice for Kojima to give uh, respect to such a mid game. I do agree. That might have to be. That's kind of a hot take. So, but I do kind of agree that I'm. Uh, I'm a little bit Horizon Zero Dawn. Not a. Not the biggest. Very kind of him to give little people the, their, their, <laughs> their day in the their spotlight. Day in the yeah, that's very sweet of him. Um, yeah, uh, other stuff that I have in here. Um, uh, I, I personally love that you see a lot of the physical damage on Sam after doing so many runs as him. Yeah, that's the private room, and he has like all like he's a covered. He also lays down differently. Like if he's like really worn out, know, he's yeah. just like completely. Yeah, he's like a long run. He's like yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I wrote down that the the whole login on your birthday thing. They also send you an email that uh, says happy birthday. And it's supposed to be like from the uh-huh. devs and everything. They send you like an email on the game. That's cool. That's and, cool. Uh, Josh is like, I'm going to have to hop I'm on, on my birthday. birthday. <laughs> birthday comes in October, I got to hop on. Uh, I wrote down the thing you mentioned earlier, what was the Nicholas Weinreff and his movies, mm-hmm. his collection. Um, uh, this is a really small one that's kind of funny, but you might like this because you watch Hannibal. But uh, Mads Mikkelsen character, there's a part where he's drinking wine and they show him pouring the wine. It's the same exact type of wine he drinks in oh, the Cianti? Hannibal show. Is it yeah. Yeah. That's like that, That's like Hannibal's, like even in other versions, that's his go-to. Like I, I, okay, he does it in the other version because yeah. I've seen Silence Slams Hannibal and Silence Slams. Yeah, and yeah, no, Silence Slams, he says, uh, I, ate her, I uh, ate her liver with fava beans and a nice, nice Chianti. But yeah, that's funny. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. They do a lot of little small implications to Sam's previous life, essentially before being a porter. I do know it's like very like tragic. Like they try to reference that like his like wife killed himself, killed herself, and yes. stuff like that. It's like really like rough stuff. I think she, I think she. I think she might have done it because I think she had like a miscarriage or something. I think there's I like think this I whole knew, thing. And I that's the whole like bond he has to be. I need the miscarriage. Like, this is like his yeah, son essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why he names him Lou, I think, right? Because that was the name of their. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know if I don't no, know. He says Louise at the end because it's a girl, remember? And then, but that was his daughter's name. He's like Lou, Louise. And because there's a post credit shot of, of yeah. the, the two of them holding hands. Yeah, there's uh, in the. This is just another one. In the director's cut of the game, if you look at the shower doors, I forget what triggers this or if it's a random event, but if you look at the shower doors at nighttime, this is kind of creepy, but you can see the silhouette of the lady from PT. And she's oh, and they don't cool. show her in full detail because obviously of copyright issues, but they have her and she's sitting oh, there with like, her head awesome. twitching. It's really sick. Yeah, I thought that was a fun uh, one. I know in the regular version I have, um, because at the time Norman Reedus had a show on AMC called ride Norman Reedus no. <laughs> and there's multiple references to that in the game there's really a line where when you, if you ride the trike through certain terrain Norman Reedus will say oh this bike is so cool it should be on ride with Norman Reedus and then there's even um, if you're uh, taking a crap if you're taking a dump in the, the bathroom and the thing the sensor bar is up uh, sometimes it'll be um, a poster for ride with Norman Reedus and for some reason they added Godzilla on the motorcycle I don't know why Dude, no, I saw because I didn't believe you. No, you I swear to God, to that you were like, oh, like Godzilla's just like chilling. On the it's motorcycle. like an ad for an AMC show, and then behind Norman Reedus on the motorcycle is just like seventies Godzilla, like giving a peace sign. It's so weird. Yeah, it, it's it's very fun. Um, I have uh, a couple of other different cameos. There's uh, Junji E2, who's the uh, horror anime artist. He plays the engineer and said the story as well. Hideo Kojima plays a BT in a nightmare. I talked to you I've about this. I've found that. Where I think if you look at like, um, which we can also talk about the other very obvious thing in the room, but it's where when you look, if you look at his feet, he might go look underneath and then uh, he gets grabbed by a BT and the BT is a uh, scan of Hideo Kojima, but covered in black, like the BT's yeah. look. And, um, but if you stare at his, uh, crotch yeah. as well, he will, um, He'll get angry. He gets, he kind of covers up, then he flips off the camera and then he punches the camera. Yeah. And yeah. he punches you away from him, yeah. which is a funny little yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright is also in this game. Yeah. He's got like, he's got like a weird hat on you. Um, a Conan, guy named Conan O'Brien's in it. Uh, Conan O'Brien, who, who by the way has a, he's dressed like a sea otter. Well, Conan O'Brien yeah, was a Conan O'Brien was a big part of the promotion for this game because I don't know if you remember there was a segment segment on Conan for a while before it went off the air where it was called Clueless Gamer, where Conan would play video games because he's not a gamer and he'd have one of his interns like give him 
Or as producers, like, who's a big gamer, like, give him games to play. And one of their big finales for Clueless Gamer for that segment was he went to Kojima Studios, Conan O'Brien, and, like, there was a whole segment where he got scanned and, like, played Death Stranding a little bit, and that was really fun. But, yeah. That, that dude. I'd give so much. Kojima, I'm asking you. Scan me. Please. Scan, scan me, me and please. put me in a Death scan his game. I'm the biggest Death Stranding fan. Scan me. Yeah, the, uh... There's also Sam Lake, uh, who played, who played, uh, uh, did performance capture, I believe, for Max Payne in the Max Payne game. Oh, that's which cool. is kind of a little fun nod. Um, I miss that they, they took this out of the director's cut, but I miss so much Monster Energy drinks in this game because they changed them out with Bridges Energy, and it's not the same. I, I wish they still had Monster Energy in this yeah, game so badly. Because yeah, in the original game, there was Monster everywhere. That was, like a, that was a joke people had about I was like, okay, but it's kind of funny. It's yeah. kind of funny. I, I love I love too because you'd be like you'll be like looking through your inventory, it's like water, this monster energy. And and, and like and um it's that thing I love the memes, but it's like great like where he cause like uh for the people watching at home, but like Norman Reed just will like go up to the camera and be like, check out my like toys and he like goes like like that and then he did it for his monster energy drink too where he's like he's like check it out like I love I think you can get like a couldn't could you get like a monster hat too in the game yeah you could get a monster like one hat snap, like, like, a, like a so much fun yeah like so a snapback that's so funny like the ones people used to wear in middle school yeah you would look up like his table and it should be covered in like empty monster well, yeah, energy yeah, yeah like knocked over monster cans yeah a like, uh, dude it's just so funny. Some of the product placement of the game is just so funny. And that's, like, the main one that just, like, I love. I, I love it. The, um... There's a couple of other ones. There's, uh... Guillermo Daryl Toro in a cutscene, recommends... I, I forget how you activate this. But he recommends for you to watch Shape of Water. There is a cutscene. <laughs> Apparently, like, he tells you, he's like... I, I don't... I, I could not quote it verbatim, but it's basically something online. Like, I just saw this fantastic film called Shape of Water. Recommend you watch it, and that's so funny to me that that's in the game. That's so funny. I don't I don't know how you activate it, but like that is apparently a lines of dialogue he'll say to you. He also uh, he screams at you in one cutscene about like Frankenstein and stuff, which is I, I, I remember was, that was one. I've seen be, that yeah, one. especially he like loves Frankenstein. It's it's next, making next movie's Frankenstein. Yeah, no. uh, and then there's the one we both have talked about where you have a nightmare where you see him as your BB. Yeah, he's got like his he's BB. It's just yeah. his head. The, the, it's the baby, but with Guillermo del Toro's face, which is kind of horrifying. It's funny, yeah. Die Hardman's real name is John McClane. Which, which is kind of just a end. funny nod. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Die, die Hard fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen Die Hard, <laughs> a little-known movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, I actually did write down. The game The game got a um, an 82 on okay. Metacritic, okay. and it has 7.4 audience score. Um, I do want to ask, um, do you think the game... This is a wrap-up question, or is it just like a... This is one of them. Okay. Do you think the game would have been as popular as it was, but if not for COVID? With because not- I do feel like this game is heavily tied to COVID in the sense about, like, connection. It came out in November of 2019, and then COVID was March of 2020. Um, do I think it would be popular? I think it would have been a big hit. Still, because I think the op- these early numbers, like I, I think it, I, I do, I don't think I think it would have been. I think it was a game that sold very well, and then initially people made up their minds about it very fast yeah. until COVID. 
I do think it's a game that would have been right for a reevaluation, but it would have been a lot longer until we got there. I don't think we would have had the reevaluation if people really appreciate Probably not until DS2 got announced. Yeah, exactly. Probably. And I, I would say around until where we are now, like 2023, is when people started really appreciating the game, if not for COVID. I think COVID really kind of, like, kick-started the reevaluation right out yeah. the gate. Like, because it was sort of, like, just four months in, we're like, wait a second, this game is really interesting. Because even, like, you know, prominent voices in the critical community, like Donkey... Um, like hated it and then still doesn't like it but is deeply kind of fascinated by it and keeps revisiting it I think that 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 was a big shift once Dunky liked it it's like a lot of people were like he's made a whole thing and not saying he liked it but said he played it a lot and sort of like learned to appreciate it that was a big shift because a lot of people like oh they trust Dunky I, I trust Dunky's reviews and I think that was like a big like oh well if he even he who said he hated it is starting to find things to like in it. Maybe it's a game that I can, and that was right in the middle, in the midst of COVID. So yeah, yeah I, I think I, I don't I don't I think it was sold it's still sold well, but I don't think it would have had the um, I don't think the cult following for what it's trying to say would have uh, would have spawned as fast as it did if not for COVID. I agree with that. I think it pretty much is actually exactly yeah probably what I would say about it as well. The um, I do want to go over for both of us. What do you appreciate the most about the game? Oh my god. Um, it can be something broad, it can be something small, whatever you want. I appreciate the most. I appreciate... Mine's a broad one. So Mine's a broad one. I just appreciate all the work that went into it. Like, I just... It's such a it's such a dense world that makes no sense to me, but it somehow makes perfect sense to Kojima. And, like, that's that's very Twin peaks to me. Like, yeah. where, like, you mention it to Lynch, and he's just like... Well, no, obviously this is the Black Lodge, and this represents evil, and this is that. Like, there's no deeper meaning. That's what it is. Like, it's just him, it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And everyone else is like, what is what? Like, why does this yeah. thing? And whereas, like, that's Stranding is very similar, where it's like, I just think that there's so much effort put into it. There's so the, the designs, like, the tech. That I, I, just, I love the look of the suits that you wear and the way you attach your cargo to it. And... I love the things where you're going around on different terrain and like when you yeah, walk up mountains, like your a, guy jumps to the sides. It's instead. like a perfect mix of like up. digital and analog sci-fi. It's like so cool and I just the yeah, it's just the, cre- the creativity on display. Like even if you don't know what's happening, which I really don't most of the time, it's, it's just like it's so cool to play a game that you really feel doesn't have a lot of deep influences that are seeping into its world. Like, it is so clear. Yeah, even on that inspiration thing, it's like, you can't really see it. There's nothing like it. I mean, there's yeah. really nothing. There's no game in terms of just the world it builds is, is is so unique and so singularly Kojima. So, I mean, I just, I, I the thing that keeps me coming back is just how how unique it is. Um, yeah. even, even, even if the story is losing me at certain points, like, I'm always fascinated by the performances and the, and the tech on display. Yeah, the um, the one for me, I believe, was um, I'm a big fan of anything that has like a lot of like pacifistic traits to it. Yeah, so I kind of love that the that the game is so heavily involved in being like, oh, knock out your opponents, do not kill people, do it will cause void outs. That's what I, like that. That. that was gonna be my second choice. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just yeah, it, it, this goes off of kind of your point, but just like the the sheer balls of it mm-hmm. that it's just like this this game. That quite literally, when we talk about it, like it is, I mean, it is a walking simulator. Like it is just a game where you walk around, you deliver. People ask, like, they're like, "Oh, what have you been doing the game?" 
Like, what do you do in it? Then, you walk, like, I deliver you packages. Walk and deliver. Yeah, that's it. There's yeah. literally, there's like a gameplay trailer where it's like, and she asks Sam in the trailer, like, what do you do? It's the one that is scored by Asylum uh, for the feeling. And he literally is just like, I deliver packages. And that's, yeah. that's like his, that's his character. Yeah, like, exactly. that, but, but it's, but like that statement is everything. It's the whole game. It's, it, it, it's literally everything. Like, I deliver, like I could, like it's, that is so, yeah, it's so simple and yet it is everything. Yeah. I appreciate too the, uh, the, the terrain differences that are so cool. Like there's just areas you'll find that are so awesome. There's one that's like, you go down to this cavern and it's like a mule cave area. It's one in the beginning but it's that mule cave one where it, when you go down into it, like cars are connected as like a ramp going down into it. And it's like this little like sci-fi laboratory. I don't think I've been in that one. Oh really? It might be like a side quest one, but like it's, it's in the first area, oh, in that first big area. And you go up and like you invade this little like the mule camp and it's literally like cars are connected. Oh, that's like, right. That's right. Down okay. I do remember that. Yeah. And it's like in this little like cavern. Area. Or even like Hartman's office is like above that giant heart shaped um, river, yeah, and like you know, this big where it was a void out, and it's just like this big, you know. Oh, that one's great! It's a big giant. There's like this big heart river. There's the one with like all like the the cracks in the ground that like go straight yeah, down, really cool. and you have to like put ladders across and like walk across yeah, while you're cool. doing packages. Oof, yeah, no, I love all the different terrain stuff is great, and the way you like walk across, like all those little minor details, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, all the effort put into it. It's just, it's all on display. The um. Yeah, the next thing is, what do you, well, actually, could uh, if you were to sell somebody on this game in one sentence, what would you say? Um, in one sentence. Uh, <laughs> if you want me to go first, I Go can. for it. I would just say that if you're, if you're looking for an artist's vision unfiltered and essentially... Un- it, no interference for a video game. This is definitely one to play. Not necessarily selling it, but that is, I would definitely say it's a game that has no filtration system to it. Like, it's no. just in your face. That's going to sound super cheesy. But you'll feel like you're making a difference. And I feel like, I mean, that's not like the yeah. real world, like, oh, you're recycling, <laughs> and you're, you're voting, you're making it. Like, you, you feel, you feel that sense of, like, with every every time you connect something to the chiral network, even though it's not a big thing, it is a big thing. And yeah. It's like uh, you you are slowly building. I don't know. There's just there's something about that that like all your hard work is for the greater good. It's a game all about that, and I I, I think that's kind of amazing. Yeah. What do you think the What do you expect from the sequel? I knew you were gonna bring that. That was a great though. That's my uh, that that's the, the last one. Last question before yeah. the ending. Yeah. Um, I I expect something radically different. I don't expect it to be like radically in the sense like it's gonna be an FPS or something. Yeah. But like I I can't imagine it being another delivery game. At least not to the to the level of this one. I, I do think it'll be more action heavy. Like I'm just already getting that vibe, even from the little footage we've seen. The trailer, so like people like crying, screaming. And I think part of that is maybe a response to the criticism, but I don't think part of that is just Kojima not wanting to be stuck in the same thing. Like the thing about Death Stranding is that it is because there's so little to do outside of walking and delivering, 
it's a perfect base to build anything on. So you could really do anything with the sequel. Like, it really is, like, sky's the limit. And, and because this game is, this, this world has already established itself as being one that does not play by the rules of other games. Um, it could be anything. But I, I do, I, I expect, do you ask me what I expect or what I want? You both. What do you expect and what do you want? I expect it to be more action heavy. I expect you to, I don't think you're going to be playing a Sam the whole time. In fact, I would be, I would not be shocked if you play as fragile mm-hmm. for most of the game. That would not shock me. I think even that footage of Sam at the end of the trailer was like kind of a way of saying like, hey, he's sort of like taking the Joel in Last of Us Part Two position where he's not, not going to die, but like he's, he's the, he's not. I think you're right about that, but for completely different reasons. Sorry, you could take it, but yeah. Uh, but I think, I think you will play as fragile for most of the game because she's like the key art character and everything. And she's really, and she's the one with BB now. So I think that's really going to be your Louise, sir. Yeah. Um. And I guess what I want from it is just I want to be surprised. Like, yeah, I think that's because that's what Death Stranding was all about. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I, I want, you know, all the vehicles to be better. Well, yeah, that'd be nice, but I, I want to just be shocked and surprised, and 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 because because no one knew what Death Stranding was going to be till we got our hands on it. Really, I no think one, DS2 is going to be very similar. I think it's very similar. I, th- I think we're gonna, even when we see gameplay, we're not going to quite know what it is until we. And yeah. I think that's that's exciting. So yeah, the. Uh, I, I I agree with you 100% that I don't think you're going to play a Sam Porter the entire time, but and it's funny that you mentioned that because the big controversial point back in Kojima's old game, Metal Gear Solid 2, um, when he made Metal Gear Solid 2, half the game you play is Raiden, who is a brand new character, and everybody hated that. Mm-hmm. They were all like, oh, you can't play a snake? What the heck? And I feel like that that's his way of expanding other characters, and he's kind of like, well, I you know want to dabble with this person, and I think you're right that one of the main people is going to be fragile, and I think you're going to play as her for a lot of the game. Yeah. Probably. And Sam will take more of a backseat, and you describe it as, like, Last of Us Part Two type of thing, and I, I agree with that. I think a lot of it... Yeah. I would say probably around, like... It's probably yeah, Mel Gersal's like, a good example. Like, he, he definitely... He wants his sequels to be something radical. Like he wants, he wants to be different. I mean, Metal Gear Solid Two is very different from Metal Gear Solid One in a lot of ways, and I think that this game will be very similar. I mean, all the Metal Gear Solid games are very different. I mean, Hell Four is a futuristic game, right? Right. But uh, yeah, and uh, I'm just I I am inside the exact same boat that I just want the unexpected. Yeah. I just want something that's just different, cool does its own thing, doesn't give a crap, and it's just Kojima's thing. And that's what it seems like it's always going to be, because even the first game sold good, so I doubt that they're really going to hassle him about adding no. certain things. Uh, I will introduce us into the game of next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just want to say, if anybody has any critiques, any Suggestions for games we should cover. Suggestions would be great. Anything that we may have missed in terms of the Easter eggs or funny stuff, because the whole point of these podcasts, and I said this in the previous episode, is that they kind of cover everything when it regards to a game. And so if there's anything we might have missed about that training, shoot us an email at appreciationculture at gmail.com. Shoot it. Tell us what we may have gotten wrong or tell us what we may have missed. Tell us if there was like, you know, stuff that, you know, we just didn't see in the game or other Easter eggs, whatever there may be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you just got done watching. Uh, library video games and um, we look forward to seeing you next time uh, I, me and Luke who are both covering the next thing we are covering which is going to be the next week's episode 
is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, which is the nice. number two on the top 50 of Metacritic. What? Yes, it's insane. I mean, that's, I, I mean, I love that game. I know, I know, I know, dude. I know. It's that's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. It goes from like Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and then you just got Pro Skater. So too. you started with one. Yes. Okay. We're, we're doing that because basically we hit fifty, and we're like, oh, we want to keep on going. It will be one through one hundred, rather than fifty through one, then fifty-one through one hundred. Okay. Well, that's that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. The um, but in the next week's episode after that. Me and Josh are going to cover, and I went back and forth about this, but I recently played through a game that is short, and I think there's a lot to talk about with it, and it's a first-person game called What Remains of Edith Finch. It is made by Anna Purna, uh, the movie studio. Yeah, Captain Bullis, yeah. Yeah, the movie studio that is also makes video games, they made Stray recently. That was their most popular, and they're also coming out with a Blade Runner game. Hell yeah. And that is a narrative-driven game, and that will be ton to talk about it's also just a very short game in general so it should not be that hard but uh do you want to say the um final sentence right here can i can i add a a final line yeah go for it you do whatever it's it's all yours from here all right we bid you farewell until we respawn with you the next video i may be fragile but i'm not that fragile